this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into the Salem After Show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. We are streaming live one day late this week. Usually we go on Sundays. We're here on Monday this week. We're still around though. Don't worry about that. We are talking about the Beckoning Fair one today. You can listen in, watch live on AfterBuzzTV.com on YouTube or on iTunes. Hit subscribe on either one wherever you're watching, listening, consuming our content. I am Bobby DeMiro. That is Marissa Serafini here with you. As always. And before we jump in today, we have this trusty little Salem press kit. This has in it a malum, a real life malum, a, a, an apple, I guess, you know. The, the world kid. the world calls it an apple. They call it a malum. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's got season two, episode one, Cry Havoc. You can have that bad boy. It comes in this really actually really cool box. Amazing packaging. Um, <laughs> really, really pack really, really cool packaging. And a little bonus for you guys from last week. We had Sammy Hanready on the show who plays Dolly. She signed this yep. bad boy. So you got an autographed copy of Salem's press kit from Miss Sammy Hanready who plays Dolly on the show. We are gonna give this away to a winner right now. We've been teasing this the last few weeks. So Marissa, please announce our winner. Yes. First of all, thank you everyone who's rated, commented, subscribed in the the all the the whole run of our after show so Absolutely. far. I will shout out our new review on iTunes. Uh, Capital Lapdog gave us five stars. He uh, they said I can't get enough of your insightful commentary. I feel like as the citizens of Salem develop, we all develop together at your table. It's been a blast learning about the Salem universe with you guys. At Josh52798. And congratulations, Josh. You are our winner. Awesome. At Josh52798. Yes. Is that correct? Okay, great. We're going to tweet you um, like tonight after the show. We'll get with you about how to get this thing and all that good stuff. Um, But you are our winner of the Salem Press Kit here on AfterBuzz TV. It pays 
to follow us. It does. Paste, rate, and comment. That was a really cheesy thing. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Now that we got this taken care of, that was really cool, and it was good to hear all your comments. And as always, it's good to hear everybody's comments on YouTube and Twitter. We get tons of good comments. The show, some weeks is good, and some weeks it's not, but at least you guys are always there, <laughs> and we always have a conversation. This week's show was one of those not. It's questionable. Um, I will say questionable. If we if we were doing the after show in in all honesty, it could take about four minutes because not a lot happened. No, again, I think it was just another episode where there was just more build up to what was already being built up. And this is the second dinner party in about four weeks in yeah, Salem. And they I'm like not, the dinners. I'm not hating the dinner party. It's a it's it's a good trope, but it's a tired trope and tired in this show and tired in a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's okay, because it was maybe the most interesting scene of this whole show. Uh, first off, though, I want to start with one thing, and the biggest thing, and this is important because I know a lot of people want to talk about it, because we've had a lot of comments about it, is Increase Mather is kind of back. Uh, you know, I know yes. that I've been on the record talking about Increase, saying I miss him, I want him back, I wish he hadn't died, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now that Zombie Increase is back, I don't like it. It's cheap. It feels just, like, too contrived. I didn't... I I will agree. I didn't like the way they brought him back. Only his character, because he's such a strong antagonist as we knew him as a human, a live human being. And then bringing him back, I immediately thought he was going to be that same kind of character again, just dead. Whatever. He had that added factor to him. No, and he was very meek and not as strong as... One has already had these expectations of him. I'm like, okay, he's just there to do Mary's bidding, and then he and has that's his, it. And he has his own vendetta against his own son. I understand it. It's it's. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Legitimate in his eyes. You know, we can talk about if he's crazy or not, and we have. But when you take his personal vendetta and you couple that with the merry bidding, it's like... His power, he doesn't have any There's power. There's no power. There's nothing here. There's no... You know, I, I like I like the character still. I like that he's creepy. I like the zombie, the weird hands and all that kind of stuff. I like the makeup. I'm with it. But I wish if we could go back in time at the end of the first season, I wish Increase didn't die. I wish he just left. Because right. human Increase, who has like a reason for being is so much better than zombie increase, it's like not even a contest. Yeah, and it's sad that human increase, his presence was so scary that people shuddered at the very thought of him. And now the only way he was scary in tonight's episode was he was the wind. (laughs) And no one could see him. It's like, okay, they know there's a presence in the room, but it's not really increase with his human-like scary abilities. Just 
magical being there, but not. And now we have a little bit of every supernatural realm mixed. We got witches. We got, you know, uh, John has, has shown maybe kind of werewolf characteristics. And then whatever's going on with the black... That looks like tree limbs on his body, and right. then you've which got. Which we learned they're magical now. Yes, he is. John is becoming a witch. He's becoming the very thing he's hunting. Exactly, and now so we it have is magic. But now we have a zombie. You know, and we've hypothesized before we learned that Anne was a witch. Mm-hmm. We hypothesized about possible demon stuff in the last couple episodes and years because of the red eyes and the different powers, and there's something else with whatever. We know now that she's a witch, but now we've got yes. zombies added to the mix, and it's sort of like. I hate to use this word, but it's almost like the show can get disrespectful at times. And it's like they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks and being like, what do you guys like? Do you like this? Do you like that? Do you like this? Do you like that? Stay on the stories. If it's supernatural, I'm good with it. Make the supernatural as human as possible. You know? I I understand that. And also with the things that whatever can stick is that what sticks in popular culture is vampires, werewolves, demons... Witches and, and zombies. What, and zombies. <laughs> and what does Salem have? It has everything. Exactly. Yeah, it do, I mean, it does. I don't know if it has, you know, a, a vintage <laughs> vampire and stuff, but it has a lot of this stuff coming together. And that's. And I think they should just stick to one. Stick to witches. Salem. I, just stick to witches. This, this, and I don't mean to come across sounding too complaining or whatever, but this episode just fell flat to me. You know, we've had we've had good episodes last week with with Dolly dying when Sammy Hanratty was here. Good episode. I think the week before was good. The week before that was kind of a miss. This is another miss. Are we going to keep watching? Yes. Part mm-hmm. of it is this is what our job is. Even if it wasn't my job, if I were in this deep, I'm going to keep watching. I think the people at home, I hope you guys keep watching. You should because it gets better again. I mean, this it, it keeps going up and down. I just wish they wouldn't have so many duds, maybe. <laughs> I'm not articulating it very well, but a show like this, I feel like this is the second or third one this season mm-hmm. where I've been like, ugh, I'm not into it. Again, and also there was no progression in this episode. Yeah. It was just it's building what still we already know. Building up to something that's already being built up. I can't say it enough because another dinner with no resolve at the end of that. I mean, I think the only interesting thing of the dinner was the telepathic conversation and knowing that Titiba was listening in on that. And I was like, all right, you built the suspense there, but what else happened? Well, they ate George. They did eat George. <laughs> That oh that was horrible. <laughs> well, we did get the last. <laughs> we did get rid of him. Like, yeah, so he's oh, gone. Cannibalism. Hey, credit to them. That's something we talked about last week. We hope he doesn't come back. He's gone. Oh no. Credit to they the have writers. to digest him now. Yeah, he's so. done. He's see you, buddy. Um, we get Wainwright back. This is this is another thing. Before we get into the dinner party, this is another weird thing that <sighs> Wainwright is kind of coming and going, and I'm trying to figure out if he's a regular. Or if he's just kind of a guest. Like at first, when he first came up and we saw him trying to make out with Mary and doing all that stuff, we were kind of like, whoa, this dude's a love interest. This is the new John. John's going to do whatever. Mm -hmm. And now we're in this weird middle where Shane West playing John. John hasn't done a whole hell of a lot in several, several episodes now. Still, you know, the number two, still a regular. Wainwright (laughs) hasn't taken on the regular space. Cotton's now back. And I'm like, how do these people... What's happening? Like, who who should we put our hearts with who's going to be here for the rest of the year? Because these people can all kind of come and go episode to episode. Besides, of course, Mary and Anne and, and those regulars. The men, Wainwright and John... 
who's who? Where's what? What are we doing? And it's still unfortunate that John's still being literally tied up, that he can't do anything. And it's like, he's a big character. Why subdue him for now two episodes straight? Like, give him something to do other than being, you know, at the mercy of Tishiba. And then also with Increase. Other than, as like, yes, we know. He's a great, intriguing character. He could have done so much more tonight. If you had your big baddie from last season, have him be the big baddie again. Yeah. Yeah. And would, they didn't. And I would prefer so to see him. So underutilized. If you're going to bring him back, I would prefer to not see the increase in Cotton fight again. We had that fight. We lived that fight. We know the strife. You can argue whether or not it was resolved with Increase's death. Maybe Increase certainly has, you know, an axe to grind. Maybe that's a weird metaphor. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I think it's more important that Increase do Mary's bidding, like she brought him back to do, knowing that he has some weird, sinister second thing going on. I want to see that. I want to see Mary and Increase, Increase and Von Marburg. If Increase becomes a double agent, like you Von know, Marburg knows that Increase is there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I want to see that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's more interesting to me than Cotton. I don't mean to be critical, as we've been critical for now like ten minutes, but right. I mean sometimes I just but I wonder that, about the direction. No, I agree. That bothered me because we knew Increase came back to have he has this objective and it was to get countess but she already knows he's there so like where's the surprise yeah there really is no surprise and then also with rain rain we're gonna go back and forth with these guys but i think his only scene tonight was to show that the whole vivisectomy and show section that's it um to show that maybe he is questioning his own science and all of his beliefs because it gets to the point where he literally makes that physical cut and then it's something that he doesn't expect. Yeah. So with the bile and organs, so there is something going on. Witchcraft, which he now seeing it, he's having a hard time believing his own what he his own science. But should we so then let's talk about Wainwright for a second. Should we get behind Wainwright as the scientist, the outsider who is going to solve the pox? Should we get behind him as we had speculated earlier as the double agent who maybe is working for Anne or or working for Mary or Mm -hmm. is secretly a witch or is working for Von Marburg or who the hell knows? Like, you know, at the start of the season, we looked at Wainwright and said, hey, this dude, it's the new love interest. Maybe he's a secret witch spy. Maybe there's some, maybe he's an increased Mather plant. Like, there's something else going on. Yeah. And then he kind of comes and goes and has bit parts and misses whole episodes. And now he's back. And I'm Came like, back. I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, the vivisection, that's kind of cool and creepy and weird. And, and that developed, I guess, the pox for us and what the pox does. Mm-hmm. But what does it develop for Wainwright? I'm confused for the character. Do we expect to see a lot of him next week? Do we expect... Uh, what the hell is going to happen? I think it does the the opposite of developing. It's more so the disintegration of his character. So there's no point to him if he can't... Yeah, because every episode we see him, he preaches science. His beliefs. This is his methods. This is how the world works. This is how anatomy, biology works. And then seeing it literally not go the way he believes and what he preaches, now he doesn't know what to do. Then I think that probably opens the door for him and Cotton to get together. Mm Because Cotton's already taken that path with religion and really with science kind of for him too. Cotton's taken that path with the witches and his religious life. Now Wainwright can take it with his scientific life. And the two of them can meet in the middle and say, we were we were so theoretically at odds with each other, but now 
you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend, which I think could be applied to Mary in this episode. But not only the enemy of your enemy, but, you know, the adversary of your adversary is your scholarly equal, right? (laughs) Because Wainwright and Cotton aren't true enemies, I don't think. But I think they could come together in some way. Who knows how? That's the only way Wainwright stays on the show because I'm not buying any more love interest with Mary. Not anymore. Um, I'm not buying. Because what, what's the relationship going on with Sebastian now? There's something going on there. And, and, and the other thing with Wainwright, and this would be really cheap. If if five weeks ago when you made the prediction of him maybe being a double agent, great prediction. With what we knew then, could develop. Yeah. Now, if it comes out next week and it's like, oh, he's 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 a secret witch for Von Marburg, Wainwright, I'm gonna be like, no. That's that's cheap. That's lame. That's an easy out. Yeah, <laughs> don't make that. Um, I hope he's just a regular human. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Sebastian's a weird one. I don't quite know what to make of Sebastian. Yeah, me neither. I don't know Only- if he can't. If he's got because if he has an ulterior motive to seduce Mary, I guess you would say. Or I'm but not I think really it, sure. It's- for obviously for his mother's purposes but but that's what i'm wondering about because it's so obvious there's no way that she could miss it that mary could miss it so there must be something else going on can but he mary's also trying to influence him too sure, it's two yeah. people influencing the same person yeah i just wonder if if there's something else going on with him because his motives are so blatant that Mary has to see them and understand them just like we do. And I'm wondering if he can't control himself and maybe he becomes like a weak link for Von Marburg and Mary feels like she can flip him, you know, to her side or mm-hmm. something. And maybe that's why she plays along with that stuff sometimes. You and think he would flip, though? I don't know. If I'm Mary sure. did try that? I don't know. I, who's the more powerful witch? I mean, it's it's Countess. Countess right now. We think, based we on think. what we've heard. But then again, that's all what but Countess... But Mary has way more motivation in all of this yeah. than Countess does. Yeah, and this is all what, obviously, Countess has been telling Mary that we see on screen. So there's mm-hmm. Countess is a little biased. But I think it's I think it's normal, and I think most of the audience probably perceives, because Mary's been running scared, Von Marburg is the more powerful witch. Yeah. All things being equal. And more skilled and more experienced yeah. in one but again, Mary has more drive to win and be that underdog. You gotta root for the underdog. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, that's how Rocky won. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, you get on me for talking about the Kardashians hey, on the show. Rocky's amazing. Yeah, but you just compared Rocky to Mary Sibley. The number okay. one underdog. All right. <laughs> or, or do you wanna talk about Rudy next? We could. Okay. Yeah, okay. that'd be Just interesting. Making sure. Rudy Rudy is Cotton Mather with his love affair with <laughs> Anne Hale, is that it? Um speaking of Cotton Mather with Anne Hale, I, I this is this is the one good thing in this episode, I think, to me, the one I really enjoyed. I like him. Or is their love and it's sad because one day, one way or another, he will find out that she's not she's a witch, man. Yeah. He's and, gonna find out. And also because with this whole spell that Anne casted on him. Tonight's episode really made me think, is he really in love with Anne? I mean, we saw the first few episodes, them together. They do have real, legit chemistry, and they do have that genuine love for each other. But now with the added feature of this this love curse that he's under, do you think it's genuine? That's, I think, I think I want it to be genuine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I said I think twice. I think I think I want it to be genuine. Um, 
I'm not sure if it is, but I also know that by the day it gets worse for Anne. The longer Anne waits to tell him, the longer mm-hmm. Anne avoids this, you know, the jig's going to be up. And when he finds out she's a witch, I this would be crazy down the road, but I can't see Cotton being like, I'm going to join you. You get out of my soul. I don't. No, 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 no. No chance. And also when the spell itself just wears off yeah. and there's just, when we're just left with the secret that she's a witch and he still doesn't know. There's I, that. I think when the spell wears off, is it going to wear off? I think eventually it has to wear off. Okay, unless she reverses sure it, it okay. or un, un, unless they actually go through the plan and then it ends. Okay. Because, because once you execute it, then it's, it's over. Yeah. Because if it wore off or whatever, if he had a moment of lucidity or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I still want him to love her. Like, I like that Same relationship. Here. I don't like her. As, I'm so sad she's a witch because he's so, like, cool and innocent. And I'm like, your life is ruined, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, it is it is sweet and endearing right now yeah. to watch just to literally see Cotton follow Anne like a puppy dog. <laughs> anyway, because, well, she's talking to Mr. Jenkins and saying, I want him to show up my door with a bouquet in, in hand. And literally two seconds later, you know, that was the spell, not Cotton. Exactly. Yeah. So is Cotton capable of doing all these things? Will you love On him his after? Own? You know, it's, it's a metaphor for, you know, drinking alcohol and falling in love with somebody when you're drunk. <laughs> when the alcohol wears off, are you going to be in love in the morning? Mm-hmm. The answer or for or are you going to hate yourself in the morning? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The answer for Anne is, I guess, TBD. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Cotton. I, can I like s- the relationship, though. I do. I really like it. Aside from the fact that she's really taken advantage of him and lying to him horribly, <laughs> sure. Uh, he's going to find out with that little nipple for Brown Jenkins, though. Yeah. Like on her stomach or whatever. Yeah. Now she now she has the teats for Brown Jenkins. Like, okay, now everyone. You're going to have to tell. You him. just develop it. Yeah, you don't just have, like, you're going to have to tell him. <laughs> He's going to find mm-hmm. out. He's going to ask about that. I mean, that's a general area you you go around when you're in a romantic relationship. 100%. They've almost been there before. Like, you're going to have to Fine, come down right that out. line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, maybe that'll happen Or does happen it go away when the familiar goes away? I don't think so. Or is it still there? I thought, I thought it was always there. I thought the familiar was going to feed like the frog did for Mary. You did know. she always have it be even before Mr. Jenkins? Uh, did Anne have the... No, yeah, no, 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 no. It grew with the familiar. I thought that was the point of it, but it stays... It's there. The familiar's there. Yeah, the familiar's there, but will it go away when the familiar dies? I think when the familiar dies, you get a new familiar. Remember when her familiar was crushed when she did the spell in the first place? Mm-hmm. And, and then Brown Jenkins came back? I think you're always... That's your thing. You always now have you your familiar. you just have it. Yeah. So she's not going... The familiar, Brown Jenkins, is sticking around, and... It's sticking around. <laughs> so is the mark. It is sticking it around. It is sticking around. Um, yeah, and the other thing with with Anne, with Tamsin Merchant, who plays Anne, and I don't know if it's the direction or the or the character or what, but her dialogue with the familiar, her dialogue has become kind of. It's always been sing songy, but it's become mm-hmm. like whimsical and mythical, and it's like everything else is so serious in this show. And then she's like, "Oh, familiar." That's what I thought the exact same <laughs> thing. I'm like, it's very interesting that she's talking how the way she's talking is very parent to child. Yeah, and and I think it might just be the fact that she's overcome sitting for the fact she doesn't have any family or hardly any friends. That's true. She's so really this lonely. is the one person she can talk to and the one person she can say in a friendly type of tone and and she also um 
what was I going to say? You, 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 you took my thought with the lonely thing because you're right. But she's also very innocent. She's not mm-hmm. a witch. She's not. This is a bad fit for her. This is Very like naive. Yeah, like you need to take like a trial run and then be like, you know what? I'm not going to end up buying. <laughs> I'm just going to take this on loan for a couple of weeks. You can have it back. This is not for me. I'm just going to go live in Boston. Like this is not her life. Maybe knowing that and knowing TV tropes, mm-hmm. because she is so unwitchy, look for her at the end of season two or the start of season three to be like the head bleep in charge you know look for her to be the meanest the baddest because that'll flip like that it i can't does. wait for that to happen because right now i'm looking at her and i'm like you don't have what it takes von marburg lectured her today mm-hmm. you know with brown jenkins lectured her with brown jenkins and stuff and you know effectively was kind of saying like this is the big leagues kid you know right and i think it's like she thinks of her familiar as a friend not as an object for her witchcraft. Yeah, and not she, as something to use. It's, it's something, and she still has that emotional relationship to things and objects that she needs to just toughen up, pretty much. I don't think she will. I'm just going to say that right now. I know that the the trope or, or the, the common prediction would be like, oh, Anne's going to become the toughest witch, and she'll undergo something big will happen, and she'll undergo change. I think the toughest witch is definitely the most powerful. Yeah. And we know she's capable of being the most powerful, but tough... Her character, just even in season one and two, has not made the audience lead to believe that she's ever going to be strong. And and the only time she's been strong is, you know, the two guards in the woods when she was coming back with Cotton. It's like she blacked out. She didn't remember it. She woke up. Remember that? She like, right. woke up and ran Again, away. she didn't have control over that. Exactly. So, yeah, it I was mean, not at her will to be strong. So you can be strong. If you don't have control over it, sure, I get that she has power. But if you can't use that power and wield it... You don't really necessarily have power. You just have like a crazy spark occasionally. <laughs> and that's yeah. not power. That's just fear. <laughs> that's, you know, that's just a threat of something. But it's not always going to come to fruition. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's also the, her physical appearance. I mean, she's, she Tamsin's gorgeous. But also that she doesn't have the strong... She has very soft features, yeah. just like Mary. And I think that's why Mary character was like it's always like based on her actions, not physical appearance. Soft and light, Soft pale, and light. red hair. Mary's darker, you know, so pale like, but dark. Physically, hair. she doesn't you know, have the the physical presence that might demand uh, attention and yeah. you know, uh, you know, so the you know, just tension in that way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, okay, we got to talk about mercy. Let's do that, <laughs> shall we? Uh, she is one psychotic biatch. So these little kids, these little girls, uh, luring children. Psycho. I was reading a review today. Uh, Tangelos that she lured the kids with, those tangerine oh, and yeah. pomelos or whatever. Do you know what year those things became first, you know, bred, first available? I'm guessing the year Salem was around. <laughs> 1911. 1911. Uh-huh. So. So <laughs> yep. wrong with the There's a little historical inaccuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, minor thing. But, I mean, they were central to that scene, so that's kind of important. Why, uh, why tangelos? Why not an apple? I don't know. For a whole symbolism, evil and luring and were they going coming for, to the dark side. Were they going for maybe exotic 
too. It's an exotic looking fruit. It's bright. Everything in the show is dark. Dark. That's that's the only thing that went through my mind. I was like, it's bright orange. We got that. And in the most stereotypical sense, it attracts kids because it's mm-hmm. brightly colored. You know, like so these little girls are like, oh, you know, I don't know. I think that that might be the only reason. Yeah. Why, so just bright. a weird thing, but there's a ton of inaccuracies ten, in television. Ten but... are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you're you're part of the Mary clan now. Um, yeah, she is. She's got some problems. She's got some problems up here. Oh yeah, she's psychotic. And not only psychotic, but she's not doing what Von Marburg is asking her to do. She took mm-hmm. the kid and then had all the blood for herself, right? She mm-hmm. didn't give any to Von Marburg. She didn't do nope. what she should have been doing. Very selfish. There it's more than selfish, it's insubordination. You know? <laughs> it is, so it is. you're creating another enemy. You have an enemy in Mary. You kind of have an enemy in Anne. I don't think Mercy likes Anne. I know she didn't before. But if Mercy and Anne come together now, they're not gonna like each other. And now you have an enemy in Von Marburg. Not smart. It's like not listening to Contest, but also I don't get why Contest was so lenient on her either. Like you give her a demand, and Mercy is that rogue person. She's not going to listen to you. I She'll th- take it as a suggestion, and be like, "Oh, <laughs> that's a good idea." She'll take his suggestion. I'm not going to fully, you know, execute whatever you want. I'm going to yeah. do it for myself. So it's like, why? I think von Marburg is losing the battle to win the war, so to speak. In that you got it. If you're going to come into town as the newcomer, you become too easy of a target. And the last thing you want to do is make all of these people already here align with each other. So if she can pick off one or two for herself, like Mercy, mm-hmm. and then these conversations she keeps having with Mary that are respectful but actually aren't. If you can pick up one like Mercy, you could say, okay, she's under my wing. She's going to dis- you know, misbehave a little bit. She's on my side. I'll deal with that. Exactly. I just need her on my team for now. It's a means to an end. And when I get to whatever place that I get to, I can feel like I can dispose of her there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because Mercy is obviously flied off the handle every single day since she's ever been on the show, pretty much. Um, When has she ever done something she was supposed to do? What's the first we saw her was... In the church, in season one, going crazy, climbing up the walls, right? Mm -hmm. We've never really seen her normal. Normal. What the hell is normal (laughs) in this town? We've never seen her normal. Mercy from day one has been, excuse my language, batshit for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. So I see Mercy doing this today and I'm like, yep. Yeah. Totally. And even, you know, not even having the witchcraft influence, there was the whole episode where she willingly went back into the, the Iron Mask just to embarrass people yeah. in in the town square so it's like just hurt and human will do things just to piss people off yeah or or worse mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she's got some issues um and those kids man i like her in the long hair though yeah i, I, did too. I will give that her that. i did too i definitely did too and i think that's the first time since the first episode or maybe she was even short hair in that episode because yeah i think she was short hair there too that's the first time she's had like hair Long hair. Right? She's so always weird. been buzzed, you know, cut down. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. But okay. she was working that weave. <laughs> I'll take it. Whatever. Um, and I know Sammy liked her. Sammy and Elise Eberly, who plays Mercy, were really close. And yeah. both times Sammy was on our show the last two seasons, she's like, Elise is so great. We have so much fun. <laughs> I'm like, that girl's a psycho. The character, like, not the... I'm, I'm glad she's fun in real life. <laughs> yeah. Glad she's Would so not cool want to hang life. out with Mercy. Because in fake life, she's She's, yeah, she's... Um, Okay, one other relationship question I want to ask you. Well, two, really. One's quick, though. But before we get there is uh, Titaba. I 
I've, I don't know if I've brought this up on the show before. I feel like I have. I you probably don't have. like her. I don't like her at all. I don't like. I don't mean to, you know, disrespect Ashley Madekwe, the actress. I just every time Tidib is on the screen, I'm like, nah. you know. And I don't mean to complain about everything. I hate to be <laughs> no, that no, guy. No, no. I get it. But I just, I'm not feeling her, and I haven't been feeling her for you know 20 episodes. Now. But also, I think it's tonight's episode. The only thing I will have to give it to her is she told the audience that. I'm only keeping you, John, just so I have power over Mary. Yeah. You are my one thing that gives me, you know, the step up in the switch war. Which is always a bad idea because it only means It's going to come back and bite her. Exactly. It only means he can get away or he can, somebody can find him or something can go wrong. We saw what happened when Mary kept George Sibley alive. It's a wonder he stayed alive as long as he did. Yeah. But when you lose the crutch, you're in trouble. But also, okay, thinking about that, the the room that Tituba was keeping John in is seemed like a very locked room that magically she had to cut her hand just to open and close the door. Yeah. Why couldn't Mary do that with George? That's a good question. Why? I mean, maybe because George is a public figure as well. You have to keep him out in the public to show that he's still alive. I think she wanted the ability, but, even with the frog in his mouth, she had to have the ability to show him and be like, oh, important person, come in. Still alive. As you can see, George is not well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you would, and you just keep him sitting there doing nothing. But also, it's like if you're going to do witchcraft around people you don't want to be seen... Hide in a room like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mary. Well, if Tituba can do it, so can you. Yeah, oh, if Tituba can do it, she can definitely do it. Mary yeah. can definitely do it. I'm with you. I just like, every, just like everything. Okay, about, magical room. It, it, this, I think, is getting to the crux of why I've complained about this episode. And the ones that are kind of duds. Every dud, it seems to me, and I could definitely be wrong, and I would love to hear it if I am. Every dud, it seems to me, almost makes up a new set of rules. The magical room. Oh, there's a magical room. We can do this. That and I'm happened. like, really? Like, let's, you know, I know there's not like a canon of, of knowledge around witchcraft. You can kind of make it up as you go. But let's be a little respectful is not the right word. Let's be a little consistent, I guess. Some of this <laughs> okay. stuff, I'm looking at the rules and I'm like, it's not, I don't, it's too much. There's too much here. There's the zombie now. We brought him back from the dead. There's a magical room. We're I learning like, it. It, it, it was always there. We're just bringing it up now. Because that's when it's needed. So that makes me think but, that in, in the end of season two, this is what I worry about because I'm like anxious sometimes. <laughs> in the finale of season two, we're going to get there and it's going to end cheaply because there's going to be another new rule thrown at us. And we'll be like, well, we never knew that. Wait a second. Probably. Yeah. And then also the just the rules with the Book of Shadows. We see Anne has to go find her father's Book of Shadows, but it will only show up to her when absolutely needed. I don't know, man. Really? I don't know. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I do have to bring this up only because it is relevant. I do the Once Upon a Time after show, and there's magical books in that, and there's always they always mention that the book only appears when absolutely necessary. It, yeah. it comes out of nowhere, so it might be the same principles. Like when you when a witch needs a magical item, it will appear when absolutely necessary. I kind of like the you know Godfrey. Gryffindor's sword that appeared in the sorcerer's hat. Maybe I'm just Harry not Potter. cut out for Supernatural. There's a lot of bended <laughs> rules in Supernatural. <laughs> I like rules. I like rules. I'm cool with like fantasy, They're but... bended. <laughs> give me rules. Just give me rules. Uh, last relationship question real fast. John Jr. 
is well, he context- or is he not the devil? <laughs> <laughs> um, devil no, spawn. Seriously, something's really devil wrong with that kid. Spawn. But we knew that. I mean, we knew the story. Yeah, so. we knew he was messed up. Yeah. But I think the one major problem now is Countess knows he's alive. Yep. That was and a mistake. That that was a terrible lie. And Mary's like, "Oh yeah, George's nephew. No, you know, she yep. she's too smart to know that that's your actual." Although, if son. the Countess can be in Mary's home, which she's been before, you think she would have known already, right? Because John Junior lives there. He runs up at all hours. But they of the always night. hide John. For every sure, time but like, if she has the power over. to get into the home supernaturally, mm-hmm. wouldn't she have the power to like understand there's another human there? Maybe she wasn't looking for little John. I guess. the first time she was looking for George to kill him off. I guess I'm just I don't know. Either way, we know now that she knows now that John Junior is a thing is alive. And also, now, let's go after John, because that gives me a step up for Mary. So, like, Tituba yep. has older John, and then now we, Countess, will have younger one. Yep. What do you think of Hawthorne at the dinner party? I'm just going through the dinner party now with John mm-hmm. Jr. and Von Marburg. Hawthorne's kind of become, like, the drunk uncle. <laughs> right. And, you know? and mentioned that, and the, and the drunkard at yeah. the party. Yeah. He did nothing tonight. He did. He nothing. said maybe one line, and I don't even remember what he said. This is another one. Like I didn't. I disliked Hawthorne in in the best sense because he was a creep, because he was a perv, because he was whatever. He was a jerk even before the Anne Hale thing. But the character, I'm like, dude, we need this guy. He's mm-hmm. he's mean, and he's also not a witch. We need mean humans. He was the new in a in not as much of a way. He was, excuse me, the new increase Mather. And now it's like he's oh, the a hole that everyone yeah. he's the, he's the neutral person totally. And now he's kind of fading again. You know, last episode he had a really last episode was the fight with Cotton over Mary, right? Yeah. So he had a real pedestrian classic human story, interesting but not as central to the main plot. And now he just had like. A line. He was drunk. He was drunk. I mean, maybe he pops up again. He has a history, but it's like you got these great male creep characters in Increase and now Hawthorne. Use them. I love them. But again, I think that just goes with the more people you bring back into an episode, the less other people will get phased out. Or like the more other people will get phased out. It's always the thing. It's like one person leaves, another one comes in. So they had to give... Like, take away his lines to give to the people who came back. Which reminds me of my number one rule in television and film. What is that, Marissa? When a character dies, don't bring, bring them, them back. back. Ever. Ever. It's it's up there with, like, J.R. Unless in, it progresses the storyline forward. Uh, you know what? I, I'm of the mind that... It can't progress the storyline forward. It's cheap. The character dies in your head and your heart. You move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some character deaths are, are sadder than others. You move on. Increase died at the end of season one, and we were like, holy crap! Increase! Right. And then we moved on season two. Let's do this. He's and now back. he's back. And it's like... It cheapens the death. Totally. It totally cheapens season one's death. Like, what's the point? It cheapens the character. He's not nearly as effective as he was. Maybe he becomes that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not obviously not writing TV. I'm talking about it. But just when a character dies, leave the damn character dead. Come up with a new one. Hawthorne could have been the new one. Wainwright could have been the new one. But you sort of scrapped these guys, and now we got to increase again. Why are we doing this? Yeah, it's it's an easy way out. Also, that that also frustrates me with shows when like literally they kill big character off but you still see them in the next episode 
Like, okay, they really didn't go anywhere. It's like, was it Dallas, the TV show in the 80s or whatever, right. when, when Patrick Duffy's character had the dream. That was the end of the show, right? The whole thing was a damn dream. You're like, no, this is so cheap. Like, you can't, you can't do that to your, you know, you to can't do audience. that to your audience. And I think your audience, when you live through increases death, half the audience was probably like, holy crap, that was crazy. And the other, the other half was like, yes, I hated him. He's dead. Yes. Leave it there. Like, whatever mm-hmm. you think, leave it there and then bring him back. Move forward. No, don't bring him back. <laughs> move forward with whoever else. Start a new story. I wasn't crazy about Wainwright, but I was like, all right, let's do this. You know, I wasn't crazy about Hawthorne. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And you start to build these characters and then you kind of stop. Okay. So my question is. Yes. I, we we saw the conversation, the telepathic conversation about who should be killed off or who will get killed off. We saw Rainmite and Cotton that they want off them. Mm-hmm. Who do you think, if someone were to die, who do you think is going to die? Wainwright. Wainwright. Or Hawthorne. So, I think Wainwright, because he's the most expendable. Wainwright and Hawthorne are the most expendable. For the same reasons as with Increase last year. They're mortals. They don't, they can move the story along if you want them to. They also but they don't add can anything. just kind of be duds. And you can replace mm-hmm. them. When The more witches you bring on, the more Von Marburgs you bring on. If this thing goes three, four, five seasons, and you bring on like the sixth version of Von Marburg, you're going to be like, okay, there's another damn witch. Another you know, you, It's tough to do that. You can bring on humans again and again and again, and they can have slight tweaks. I think Wainwright, of the ones you said, because... Um, uh, Wainwright, yeah. Definitely Wainwright is the one to go. Yeah, and what they kept you? saying, uh, just out of sacrifice. Yeah. Because what we do is sacrifice. Cotton going it's not would be... murder. Listen, cotton going would be a huge choice. I, I would I would love it, but don't I would also hate cotton. it because I need cotton. You can't yeah, kill him. don't kill cotton. But that'd be a hell of a choice. If you're going to do it, <laughs> that's a hell of a choice. That's a, he's, my thing is they're not going to kill him because he is... A main character. Yeah, sure. Oh, and no, they won't practically. Main, yeah, won't. main characters are harder to kill yeah. off than the more expendable ones. Yeah. Yep. Dropping stuff? I'm breaking the chair. <laughs> that actually scared me when you're talking about which. <laughs> My heart jumped. <laughs> it's a very like supernatural Half a show. second. I was like, oh, no. Um, yeah, I think Wainwright's the one to go. I guess yeah. we'll see. Oh, poor Stuart Townsend. <laughs> All right, I think on that note, let's actually do this. Let's get to predictions. Yes. Because we've kind of been... now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. So Wainwright, we think, is going to be the one to go if that telepathic conversation turns out to be legit. I mean, I guess it could have been a red herring and they could kill off somebody else. So let me ask you this in predictions. Besides that telepathic conversation, go broader to every character. All the witches. Who of the witches is the most expendable or would be the first one to go. Tidba. I agree with you, but I think that's so obvious. I'm going to say Mercy. Mercy? Mm. I think Mercy is going to wear out her welcome with Von Marburg. Mary will never trust Mercy again. And terrified slash, you know, doesn't like her. Right. Um, I think somebody's going to get Mercy. I agree. I mean, it, I think it'd be either or. And honestly, I would be okay with it. I would too. I really like Mercy. I really like the character. Elise Everly is like great at playing a weirdo. Really psychotic. Um, really cool character. But I also think that there's going to come a point where you have too many weird characters. And when you look at the storyline and the Mary versus Von Marburg 
battle upcoming and the way that Mercy acts. I think Mercy's too much of a loose cannon for Von Marburg, who's very put together. She's very, this is yeah. the way it is. Um, you know, a countess in, in also, real life. again, like you were saying, Mercy, again, she's so rogue that it's old now. It's like we, how much crazier can she get, really? Yeah. And Tituba, I think everyone that Mary has already lost in her life, she she thinks she lost John. She lost George. If she lost Tituba, who else would be on her side? Really nobody. Yeah. So I think you, you kill off, like, the last person on her side. It might, like, spark something in Mary to just go bash it crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> to yeah. go up against Countess. Yeah. And it would spark Mary. Actually, that's a good point. It might spark the battle. Mm-hmm. Mary would say back against like, the wall. Oh, it is officially on. I'm out of options. Yeah. What mm-hmm. else can I do? I have no ally. Tituba's gone. I still don't know John is even here. Um, yeah, that's an actually interesting yeah, point. Yeah, like, Tituba... literally isolate Mary. Yeah. And force her to be the person to fight. That's an own. interesting one. Okay, I like the Tituba prediction. Let's open it up to the audience now. Besides the humans, we're talking about now the supernatural, the witches, and I guess the zombie increase, but he's going to die pretty soon. Let's not even include him. He's, he, if zombie he's going to die again. Yeah, if zombie increase lasts throughout the whole rest of the season, I'm going to be like, uh, ridiculous. Okay. Oh, so, well, he has to actually do something. <laughs> that's true. Next episode, other than like create wind. <laughs> that, well, he's going to do something to Cotton. We'll see what he and Cotton do. Well, he wants to speak to Cotton, yes. That is, yes, speak to. Speak. That's one thing I'm interested in seeing speak. next week. Uh, but we'll ask you guys at home, of the witches, you know, the main characters, Anne, Mary, Mercy, Von Marburg, I'm sure I'm forgetting, Tituba, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Of them, who is going to be the first to go? And will it be soon? Are we only going to lose one character by the end of season two? Or is the whole thing going to start coming together? I think we might lose two. I think we're going to lose a male and a female. So, like, a human male, Cotton, yeah, Wainwright, like, something or like that. Yeah, or just in general. I yeah. think one male is going to die and one female is going to die. Well, then put me down for Wainwright and Mercy. All right, put me down for Wainwright and Titaba. Wainwright and Titaba, Wainwright and Mercy. We want to hear from you guys. You don't have to say one male and one female. You can say whatever you want, but we want to know on YouTube or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at TV at Bobby DeMiro. We'll be there all week. We'll be back next Sunday. Congratulations again to our winner of the prize pack. We'll get in touch with you on Twitter. And that's it this week. We'll see you guys next Sunday right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 